Hey, welcome back to the Showcase Podcast. Thank you so much for coming back and listening week over week. Uh, if you're just listening to your faves, go ahead and listen to some other people. Uh, get to know some other diverse talent around Hollywood. Uh, these people, I mean, I, I'm just so lucky to have made so many good friends in such little time. I did not think that was going to happen. And uh, having these guys and gals in here uh, week after week to have these one-hour-ish conversations uh, has been a, real, a really great way for me to start LA. And uh, our guest today is one of my faves. Uh, her name is Sheila Carrasco. Uh, she is a sketch comedian. She is a trained actor. Yeah, like in the real theater type stuff. You'll hear all about it in her episode. Um, she's wonderful. She is so funny, so talented. Like when I first saw her, I was like, damn, this girl's a star. Like why is she not on SNL literally right now? Um, but I'm glad she's not because then I got to meet her and uh, her career is about to pop the fuck off. So I'm so excited for this episode. She's also a really great masseuse. Is it masseur? Masseuse? I forget which one's for gender. Who cares? Gender's a spectrum and it's a social concept. She gives great massages is what I'm trying to say. And it's not like the dirty type. Okay, calm down. It's like the real like, hey, let me take care of you. I'm part of your family and let me rub out these knots. Okay, that's on the dirty too. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening. And uh, as always, rate and review the on iTunes or wherever you're listening to it. It gives us more visibility. And uh, your favorite people can be heard by other people as well. So uh, thanks so much for listening. And here's the episode. I mean, I miss being white. It's like making love to a dolphin. Then I put it on my sandwiches for flavor. I'm looking for my dinner. Glad that you also, you and I both identified as a little cum piggy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, after you learned about that. Yeah, I love all the terms that <laughs> yeah. I learned about. In in the gay world? Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, what are what are some ones you learned from the gays that you uh, did the process with? This is Sheila Carrasco, mm. by the way. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. It's great to be here. It's been a while. It has. Yeah, because we are currently at the end of, well, I mean, the showcase is over. Mm -hmm. So it's been months mm -hmm. and uh, it, 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 we've learned a lot. You've learned some great new terms. I have. <laughs> I've learned that I am a cum piggy. I'm greedy for cum and I just got to get it in. <laughs> That's why you, you and I see eye to eye. <laughs> From one little swiney pig to another. We have the same needs. Yeah. You know? I forget what the other terms were that I learned. I'm trying to remember. They'll come back to you. They will. Yeah. In life. How fun were the gays? I mean, everyone was fun, but the, all the gays were very fun. Oh, so fun. You know Steve Slaga from Yes, from Sunday before. Company. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you guys were... So tell everyone what Sunday Company means. Uh, Sunday Company... I don't know what it means. <laughs> 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 um, it's a, uh, it's like the final step in the training at the Groundlings. Groundlings Theater, very famous. They have alumni like Kristen like, Wiig, mm -hmm. Will Ferrell, Maya Ooh, Rudolph, um, oh, Pee Wee huge. Herman came out of there. My favorite. Um, Paul Rubens, um, and a bunch of amazing people. Phil Hartman. Um, Jeez, all the huge hitters on SNL. Yeah. Okay. A lot yeah, of yeah. them. A lot of them came out of. Is that what drew, drew you to the Groundlings? Uh, kind of. Yeah, actually, because yeah? uh -huh. I, I never. Thought I was going to be good at improv, and I didn't pursue it in my twenties. I because okay. I was very much into straight theater. Now you studied theater, theater, I know, at Harvard. I did. Yeah. Yes. For your MFA. Yes. Very impressive. Thank you. You couldn't get into Yale. You know, I no. tried. <laughs> I did. No, I, I is did that real? I was joking. No. <laughs> well, you know, in the theater world, yeah. the grad school, Yale and NYU Tisch. And then Juilliard, although that's not really a grad program. Those are the best. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I mean, you know, it's all subjective, but yeah, yeah. that's kind of, those are the ones where you could probably get on Broadway out of going to those schools. Wow. You know, it's just See, I'm a, a MOOC. Like, I don't know anything about theater. I didn't study it. Like, my high school was a science and technology high school. So oh, we didn't cool. Even, we had, but yeah, we had cool stuff like that, but yeah. like aerospace labs, but we oh didn't have theater. You know what I'm saying? Jeez. They cut like arts programs for science. Right. Yeah. So wow. I, I came from a totally different background. Well, you know, yeah, my high school didn't have too much theater either. We didn't do musical theater. We did we did some serious theater and stuff, which was fun. But 
I really kind of got into it because I went to NYU for undergrad. So you did. Oh. Yeah. So I'm. Did you go to Tisch? Paid a lot of money for acting training that now Ooh, I'm not wow. totally using, but that's okay. <laughs> now you realize it's all wigs. <laughs> it is. It's all. I just want to run around like an idiot and wear wigs. Yeah, whatever yeah. I said in my CBS, uh, my CBS interview. Oh no, the um, red carpet interviews. Those were so awkward. <laughs> I hated so doing awkward. them. I, I was watching it like close your mouth, uh, stand up straight. Also, like, did you see my face? I couldn't no. stop like making faces when people were talking. I was like, what's, what's going on? You can't see my face. That's a stupid thing to do on the radio, but I call this the radio, by the way. Well, this is the radio. <laughs> yeah. It feels like it. You're right. Yeah. We're live. We are live. You and I here. Yeah. yeah. So um, going back to uh, your schooling. Yes. So you went to Tisch undergrad first, mm -hmm. lived in New York, and then York. went straight to Harvard or took some time? No, I took some time. Uh, when I was when I went to school at NYU, I, I got very into um, directing and set design and kind of made that my oh. focus. And um, and then I didn't really know what to do right out of school because uh, I like doing a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so I really spent my first couple of years out of school, A, just trying to survive in the city and make rent and sure, having like yeah, three yeah. jobs and stuff. What year were you there? Uh, graduated in 2004. Oh, wow. Okay. So and you, to any casting directors listening, I graduated in 2010. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm fine with my age. To the, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's too late now. <laughs> we don't edit this. <laughs> <laughs> good. Good, good, good. I see you coming to terms as we speak. Good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, so I, the reason I asked, cause I was in, I think we overlapped. I was in New York, 2005 to 2007. Oh, I was still there then. Oh, okay. Yes, I left in 2007. I wasn't doing theater at all, so we probably would not have crossed paths. Maybe not. But that's cool. So you were there. Yeah, and you know, I didn't do too much theater right out of school. I was, mm. you know, just kind of working and... What were you doing? Um, I worked for Balthazar and Pastis, the Keith McNally restaurants. Oh, I serving, was a, hosting? Uh, reservations. Then I became oh. the reservations manager for a bit. Um, and then I was also working at Ohm Yoga, which at the time was mm. like the biggest yoga center in New York. Okay. And then it Reservations? closed. Like, no, that, that was actually, yeah, right. <laughs> Basically, actually, front desk. Yeah. Oh, okay. um, but then I eventually became like weekend manager and then retail manager. And then I was general manager of that place in oh, my wow. final years Climbed there. it. Yeah. And I was even like acting payroll accountant for like all 200 people on the payroll, which I should never have been. But Damn. the company was kind of was in turmoil at the very end. Yeah, yeah. Financial, or just, you know, it, it was a great place to work. I loved it. But um, yeah. so I did that. And then a couple other just like, I worked at a flower shop. I was a personal assistant. I was a nanny. Just being young. Everything, yeah. yeah. And striving. Striving, striving yeah. and thriving. I love that. Sending my headshots that, in the so mail romantic? every month thinking that that would <gasps> really? get me an agent. Yeah. Oh, my God. Did oh the whole God. thing. Yes. Wow. And you're originally from Chicago? Yes. South side of Chicago, right? That's right. Yeah. Very tough neighborhood. You told me a crazy story about your dad. Yeah. Your dad is a priest? Yes, he's a minister. A oh, minister? minister. Okay. Um, so my first nine years, I actually grew up in a neighborhood called East Chicago, Indiana, which is, <laughs> <laughs> is this neighborhood. That's, that's the funniest thing. <laughs> it's crazy. It's between Gary and Chicago, basically. Wow. So it's on the other side of the border. Uh -huh. And everybody that lives there, you know, we all consider ourselves Chicagoan, but Chicagoans, but it's in Indiana. And um, it was so a, funny. it was kind of a rough neighborhood. I mean, as a kid, I didn't see it, but I've heard all these stories later. Like one one time, um, this guy from a gang came up came up and uh, was there to like deliver my dad a message, basically, which was like you know to to do him in for calling the cops on all the drug deals in the alley all the time. Yeah. And um, he saw all of us playing in the front room and stuff and realized it was a minister because our house was right next door to the church too. Yeah, so we yeah. lived in the church house. And I think he was just like, I can't do this. So he took my dad down the block and explained to him what he was supposed to do. Wow. And was like, you can't call the cops on us. And basically also like, it wasn't doing anything anyway because the cops were corrupt. So it was all it was all fine and right, right. Oh, anyway, it all worked weird out. things yeah, like yeah. that. But still, that moment of heart, a, a change of heart. Yeah, God is real. Whatever that God is, that's true. Yeah, that is so true. Looking Very out for cool. us. Very cool. Yeah. But yeah, I grew up in different neighborhoods on the south side because my dad would get reassigned to churches uh, oh, a couple he, times. He moved around. Yeah, but gotcha. always, always on on the south side, basically. And he's from, he's he's an immigrant or he's he first generation. No, he's an immigrant. Um, from Chile. Chilean. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's where my mom went to college. Really? Uh-huh. Where? I don't know the name of it, but my mom and my dad met in Paraguay. Wow. Yeah. I, I'm almost Paraguayan, like, by a year. Like, they 
they got married and then rushed, moved to New York and had me in Flushing, Queens. But if they like, yeah, by a couple of months, if they miss it, I would have been a South American person. What were they doing in Chile and Paraguay? Um, well, they both, they're both, both of their families, it's such an epic story, but basically they, both of their families moved to Paraguay, uh, because at that time before Reagan like opened up immigration, Mm -hmm. uh, it was really hard to like get papers Mm -hmm. to like legally come and there wasn't anyone like sponsoring them or anything. So they were just kind of like on their own. So, but South America had a lot of immigration open because they were like, come here and like bring your money from your homeland and like. And infuse it into our economy and stuff like that. Right. So, like, they brought their everything to Paraguay, and they had to like what what in back in the day in the seventies would be like a pre Radio Shack. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They they fixed VCRs and stuff like that. You know, like an yeah. electronic store. Sure. They both had an electronic store on the same street, and they were like rivals, and they <gasps> hated each other. Oh my god! It was like truly like Romeo and Juliet. This needs stuff. to be a, a movie. I know. I'm writing or a it. Pilot. Yeah. Or a musical. Yeah. Right. It's it's a classic story and it's like very sad and tragic. But um, my mom, they both lived in Paraguay mm-hmm. and um, my mom was going to school in Chile before she met my dad. And then oh. she had to drop out because he's a bad influence. What years was she in Chile? Um, 79, I think. Okay, got mm-hmm. it. So it wasn't as um, crazy as it was, uh, you know, after the overthrow. In 73, I was just thinking about that. Was there an overthrow? I I know nothing about that. Yeah, my parents left in 1973 with my brother because the overthrow, actually they escaped the overthrow by two weeks. Wow. Um, There was a military coup? There was, yeah. (gasps) Pinochet. He was a dictator for 18 years. This is so interesting. Yeah, tons of people disappeared and, um, you know, were disappeared kind of thing. And my dad was a social activist and so it was a good thing they left when they did. Yeah. And then was he, he also in the ministry there, or uh, he he was involved, yes. But Whoa. he when he came to the states, he and my mom got scholarships for seminary, and that's when he officially became a minister. And it actually protected him from being like extradited back to Chile. And, yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, but that's, it was rough. Yeah, that's that's that was a rough time to be there. So I'm glad she kind of was there a little later. And yeah, I think she was there like tail end of seventies, maybe eighty. Cool. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> Insane. But anyway, um, that story really like resonates with me because um, they all came to America through the church. Really? Yeah. And they were like the churches in Queens were helping people come. Yeah. And saying like they work for the church or whatever. And like they didn't. But like they would like, wow. yeah, fake papers and stuff and then like get people visas and green cards and stuff like that. Yeah, I didn't know that. So the Korean church community is really big on sponsoring the diaspora. Wow. From South America to New York and LA and all that. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, my parents have worked, they've been to Korea a couple times mm. with the Methodist Church because um, it's super active there. Yeah, yeah. Um, that I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. wow, that's cool. Well, I'm glad we're here. <laughs> yeah, you I'm and really I glad we made it to America. Wearing wigs and glass <laughs> costumes. I'm making them so yeah. proud. <laughs> <laughs> that's what this comes down to is that, you know, all that work was worth it. <laughs> now we're just vapid uh, capitalist cum piggies. <laughs> but it's true. But you know what's so funny is that like my parents shared that that mm-hmm. clip of, you know, and they were so proud, you Which know, the, uh, the CBS news oh. live footage and stuff on the red carpet oh. that we were making fun of ourselves for and it you they know they so really proud, truly huh? yeah oh i didn't even send Which, it to my mom yet because i know she's gonna be like you're that you know like she's <laughs> gonna be my mom's so judgy i'm like i don't send her anything well my parents still don't really know what the showcase was or is or right? what i did yeah. but yeah. they saw me on cbs <laughs> yeah, so. my, my mom called me today and she was like so how did everything go and i was like it went really well i had a lot of fun she was like okay so how much are they paying you and i was like oh nothing what do you mean <laughs> Well, we'll it's like I get know. a stipend, so yeah, it's more about what it's going to pay me. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a long term investment, right? It is. Yeah, it really we is. haven't even got to our first question yet. That's how fun we, how much fun we've been having, <laughs> and we got like into some deep stuff. We got some backstories, but the reason why I wanted to even bring up Harvard was because my what was what was your first impression of me? Your my first impression of you? Yeah. Oh my god. Well, so I came into showcase about a month late. You did. And I'm not sure if you were there on my first day. I was. You were? Uh-huh. Okay. And I was super nervous, and I think I was only there for like the last hour of it. Mm-hmm. You were super nervous? I was super nervous. Wow. That's not what I read from you. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah no, I, 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 they told me to prepare 
a five minute audition kind of thing. Five minutes. Or or the, char- the oh, character audition. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't do one this year because I yeah. did one the year before. Yeah, exactly. And I didn't have anything ready. So I was kind of like just coming up with anyway, this is about you, this question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talking about me. Yeah. What did you think of me? Um I thought that you were incredibly uh confident. Mm. Um I felt like this kind of work came easy to you. Interesting. And that you were also just there to have fun and not stress. Yeah. Like I got a very laid back, like this is what it is. You know, like I don't need to please anybody kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. vibe, which I really responded to. Well, likewise, I thought my my first impression of you, I that's insane that you said you felt nervous because I, the first thing I thought was star. No. Like truly. <laughs> Truly, I saw you and I was like, "Who?" First of all, you're late mm-hmm. to the program. And I was like, "Who the fuck?" My and first I was late thing, to the rehearsal. <laughs> oh, were you? <laughs> I, I I was too, so I probably didn't notice. But I, I it made me angry at first. I was like, "Who the fuck?" Who comes in? Is late? this yeah. coming in late? Fucking killing it! Every character was so on point, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this? Why is she here?" And um, when I f- next, when I found out you went to NYU and Harvard, it all clicked in. I was, because you have a very, I talk about this. Do you listen to the other podcast episodes? I haven't listened to each one. Okay. But I've listened to a few. You come up in a couple of them, you and Jay Pichardo for me. Because oh, I always cool. talk about you and Jay Pichardo having the same kind of impression for me as like pro. Huh. Like seasoned. There's wow. like work there. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Very opposite of me who is very like, Unseasoned, untrained, kind of like wild, sloppy, funny, mm-hmm. and has good timing, but like doesn't have the same kind of like, you know, Jay Pichardo was a child actor. I didn't know. That. Yeah. And he toured as Mowgli. No. Yeah. Jungle Book. Like he's been oh, around. Oh, I can see that. I right? mean, he's, when he's on stage, it's like, it's such second nature. Incredible. The talent, you know, so like you guys both, everybody's talented in their different ways. Mm-hmm. Not not to say, not to shade anyone else, but yeah. you both have this thing where like, oh, that's stage worthy. You wow. know, they crafted, stage crafted. And I saw that. Well, thanks. Be, but yeah. all of that is so that we can be like you, which is just actually just funny and natural. <laughs> and it feels like it's being invented in the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's what it, all that work is for. It usually is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's why it's hard for me to apply the work because I'm like. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, right. I, I'm just trying to be, I know when I'm funny. Right. So that's all, I, you know, and that's hard to tell a producer like, hey, just trust me, like say Ashen and I'll get it. Like right. you'll get me. But like that, what a risk to be taking with someone as opposed to someone like you and Jay who have your work, you have your craft, you have your honing, like you have your way entree into it and mm-hmm. out of it. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. exactly what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, I, and I, Jay and I had this conversation, I think, not the last day, but the two, the Wednesday before, uh, before our break, and we got really drunk, and I was like, "I love you. I have a talent crush on you." And he was like, "Me too." And we both were saying how he was. I was so envious of his um, skill and craft and all that, and he was envious how like because he was like, "I feel like a hack. I'm just doing a thing, but you, you yourself are funny." And that's where I want to be. And we right. it was a, such a nice moment of like, oh, I envy that I, you can do that and I can't. But wh- how cool that like we know what we still have to work on. Yeah. And we also yeah, can yeah. hear like, oh, but it, I have other things that like yeah. can come naturally to me. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm starting to like be more at peace with that. I think at mm-hmm. first I was very like, um. But see, I think you do have all those natural instincts. I think they just come to you. Like, you know what you're doing on stage. You know, and for me, a lot of my training, which I think was kind of me going out and signing up for all this training because I didn't know what else to do, Uh you know, and how else to pursue a career. Sure, sure. I think a lot of it has gotten in my way. And a lot of Hmm. what improv and sketch has taught me is to forget about all of it and to go with what I think is funny. And the only way I'm going to channel what I think is funny is to fully be in the moment and not give a shit. You know? Yes, I've, absolutely. That that's. I guess we're talking the same thing. Yeah. It's, we're all trying to get to that full presence on stage, right. whatever way into it we do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's true. And I think growing up as a preacher's kid, mm-hmm. has it, it instilled a lot of behavioral things in me that I'm still trying to undo as a comedian. Know how to act. Uh-huh. It was a gold mine for character watching growing yeah. up. The kinds of people that go to church every Sunday, you know, and <laughs> yeah, and are you know, and everything. But uh, but at the same time, yeah, I just I think being good 
and proper. Uh, that's interesting. In you say that. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my life's work is unwiring that as well, and letting go, and being playful. Yeah. And and giving myself um, permission to be playful and have fun and feel joy. You know, like because yeah. everything's so repressed for so long. Mm-hmm. They, uh, for me at least, like because I grew up in the church as well, and I was like, you know, in a immigrant family, so I like mm-hmm. I was in the closet for so long. Right. So I, I'm when I started comedy is when I came out. And I like it, it was been, it's been a complete unwiring process or wow. like shedding, if you will. Yeah. Like all that stuff that you had to like build up for like your environment or your, you know, Absolutely. whatever you need to do to survive around your area. Absolutely. That's yeah. so interesting that you say that. Yeah. And I think also just um, kind of just. Oh, God, I blanked. That's okay. This is going terrible. No, 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 no. It's going great. <laughs> I, I, this, these are like cool moments that people tell me, like, oh, I thought that too, and, and I yeah. never, you know, thought to express it that way until you and someone else talked about it that way. I remember what it was. What? Um, it's also like having the permission to be offensive and to Absolutely. maybe hurt somebody's feelings and not mm-hmm. care because I think I, I, I worry too much about hurting feelings or um, oh. or saying something that might make people uncomfortable, which is comedy. Right, you right, know? right, right. Um, so it's, the ba- it's finding that balance because I also don't want to lose that part of myself. You know, I think that's also a good sure. thing. <laughs> yeah. But, anyway. yeah, I agree with you. I think we've gotten to our cast, I feel. One of the best things I say when people ask me about the showcase is, and it's a very cliche thing, but the people you meet and you spend all that time with, it's become a time or, or like a safe space of roasting, mm-hmm. which I love because that means that, okay, none of us are worried about hurting feelings yes. because we all understand, if not all of us, most of us understand that yep. there is an undercurrent of love and mm-hmm. acceptance. Therefore, we can go at each other. Yes. Well, yeah. does, don't you think it helps define you like how you're, how you're roasted? Or like yes. how other people see you. Yeah. Because I think once we found that energy and the group dynamic and also like what our each our personal dynamics were, it's like, oh, this is who I am in this group. And like yeah. now we can really create even better sketches yeah. and be funnier. And it's a weird thing where I think like once you have the camaraderie where you can kind of tease each other, especially Mishka because he was so mean to everyone. I hated him. God, <laughs> I hated Mishka. I hope he's listening. <laughs> he's, you know he's not. That's yeah, why. I know he's not. I know. I got to get him before he gets his ass shipped back to Toronto. Ugh, I know. But he's leaving. What a little snack and a half. I know. I know. But like such a grumpy little snack. So he, sweet. Yeah. I know he'd be like, it's a shit show. That <laughs> <laughs> was his favorite term. <laughs> shit show. <laughs> Which for him was like just meaning like, you know, yeah, slightly a, unorganized. <laughs> <laughs> what well, another pro? Yeah, yeah, another pro. I Truly. I usually don't think about him because he's. I don't think about him as like a comedian first, mm-hmm. but like I think I I see you as comedian first. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I don't know Good if that's hear. something you like to wear, but I you would... have a very like you're just like made for character work. Thanks. Yeah, you're very like. Someone was saying like. I think Steve or someone on the other side, when we do uh, our scene, um, what would you do? Uh-huh. And when you go and like ask those people like, oh my God, you guys have been, you know, doing this for fake the whole time. Like right. someone's like, damn, it's scary how committed Sheila is. <laughs> when she comes up to us, I'm like, yeah, you don't blink. Like that's you funny. are, yeah, I, you're I, in it to win it. I, that's what I love to do. I, love I mean, it. that's what I, that's why I love sketch is because mm. you can kind of fully invest in it and become the character. And I think for me, I do want to be considered a comedian. In the acting world, I'm a comedian. And then in the mm. co- comedy world, at times, I've been pinpointed as more of an actress. Mm. And I think it's because I like to find comedy from committing to behavior. Yeah. And finding comedy in just how it rests in my body, mm. how I react to things, yeah, how yeah. I get emotional. And a lot of comedians are more about the jokes or whatever, which is just as important, but mm. I just think there's different kinds of comedy. So yeah. um, that's nice to hear. Thanks. Very cool. Yeah. What was this process like for you? Was this something that you had kind of gone through before, like a program like this? You know, it was, it was similar to Sunday company in some ways. So oh. back to what Sunday company is Yes. for anybody that doesn't know, cause I never finished saying that it's a, so it's a final um, level at the Groundling school And you do a new show every week, every Sunday night. So as all the performers are also writers and you can't get a character in the show unless you write it. So you you have to be a writer, Um, which is really fun. And I learned a lot. And you're pitching every single Wednesday night until sometimes 1 a.m. 
And then Dang. you're doing a new show every Sunday night. And so you you only tech it and you only rehearse it on Sundays. You do rewrites like Fridays, costume shop Saturdays. And throughout the week, you're supposed to be writing for the next pitch night because it never stops. Wow. So and it's great. Uh, uh, it's great training for like an SNL type thing. It is. Yeah. yeah. It's similar to SNL, especially because you have to write for yourself. So mm. it's it's double whatever that is for some people. Um and it's also nonstop. So every six months they vote on whether you would get extended. And I did the full three rounds of six months. So I did it for a year and a half. Oh, okay. Um, with Colin Murphy and yeah. Leslie Ann Huff and Steve Slogoff. I did a six months with him. Hacks. Uh, I know, right? I don't know. <laughs> Man, those guys. And Kelsey Roberts. Um, <laughs> the worst and, of them. Oh, God. What a wonderful company to be in. Wonderful. Yeah. I mean, just like in this, like- I made incredible relationships. And that was the takeaway mm. from that place. Um, cause it, you know, it wasn't perfect, but it was great. Sure. I found my dream rep. It was an awesome experience, but coming mm. out of it, I kind of felt like bulletproof. God, I can go through anything. Amazing. And then I came into this process, which is slightly different. Like I came in like, Oh my God, how are we pitching for four months for one, one hour show? How are we going to rehearse for a month in January for one, yeah, one hour crazy. show? Yeah. I was like, I've never experienced that. We would do a new show every week with 50, you know, one day of rehearsal, Yeah, you know? So I came into it a little like, Okay. How yeah, hard yeah. could this be? Uh-huh. You know, but what I didn't realize was how polished the end result was going to be mm-hmm. and how much thought went into um, showcasing exactly, everyone. Yes, and their specific talents. Yes. Nobody looked bad, you know? No, and it, no. it, that's the danger in having too much stage time, in doing sketches that aren't really totally ready. You mm-hmm. know, all those little holes is all people need to go, okay, well, you know, what's special Not about yet. them, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Which can happen to anybody. It doesn't matter how good you are. I agree with you. I think this showcase was very polished. Mm-hmm. And even considering that our directors changed in the middle of it. Yeah. So with that even being said and them, mm-hmm. you know, they had a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, getting to know the process time. And mm-hmm. they, you know, they had their learning curve sure. as well. As do so, the writers. As did the big right. learning curve there. I mean, we had like infinite pitch circles. It was crazy for crazy. a while. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I was very emotional through this, although I've gone through a process similar to this at Second City, mm-hmm. where it's a process you do with six, only six six people. Mm-hmm. And you we do it for 14 Jeez. weeks. And we improvise in front of a live audience. A third act. We, we build a show through a third act. That's so cool. It's very cool. But it's also... Kind of biased because A, who's staying at the third act? And B, right. like, what's who are your people? Like, how drunk are they at that point? Because sure. we're doing like a cavalry type show. So, like, it is a very cool process, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is like kind of messed up through like the clientele and stuff like that. Right. But overall, an amazing process. So, I thought I was gonna be bulletproof too. So, and I came in like, right. this is fucking easy peasy. Come yeah. on, I'm from Second City. And I came in and I was like, whoa, what the? Whoa, I was overwhelmed. They expect you to pitch it like on your feet mm-hmm. and sell it, which yeah. in Sunday you you just cold read pitches and they get the idea. Yeah, you yeah. know. And in this, it was like one shot. Yeah, and then there's pitch. a table of judges. Oh, table, a yeah, panel. A panel. It felt like American Idol over and it over did. again. It did. I know. And well, some weeks you're in, some weeks you're out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most of the weeks I was out. Like I was, there were weeks where like I would have no sketches in or none, no sketches would feature me. So sure. I would just not go in. And I don't think anyone ever really knew. And you know, it didn't, it didn't matter in the end. I feel it, like it did when people didn't have stuff and when they didn't, because all you needed was going into January with two or three yeah, if that just fabulous strong pieces. showcases. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, kind of made it easier to decide. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I do think, yeah, this process was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. A lot of it was because in Groundlings, in the way I'd learned to write sketch and preferred to write sketch or thought it was the best way to write it, was writing a five-minute mm. slow burn. This is the character sitting at a table, you uh-huh, know, like uh-huh. an intimate scene with all these character nuances. Yeah. And then, you know, at first I really balked it like, it's got to be two minutes. It's got to be shorter. Yeah. It's got to be physical. It's got to be big. We got to know what the theatrical. joke is in the first 30 seconds. Yeah. And I was like, Ugh. Right? Didn't um, it make you feel like, oh, I didn't sign up for this? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I knew that that's what it was, but I wanted to fight it anyway. Yeah. Me you too. Know? <laughs> yeah. But I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so me thankful too. for learning how to do this. I feel like we're so much more equipped to like work on a network level. Yes. And the fact that like. You, I think you and I probably came into this thinking like we really want to put on a good sketch show. Yeah, but that's not what it, this is. This is a good showcase, showcase. of exactly. sketches. Exactly. Yeah, and that's why like 
people, a lot of people came up to me and said, I really love the transitions. I loved how tight it was. Yes. Nothing hung. You got the joke. You got out. You mm-hmm. saw the person doing the joke, mm-hmm. one or two beats, and mm-hmm. then got out of it. Instead of like yeah. beginning, middle, end, how does it turn? How does right. it, you know, like how does it resolve at the end? You know, like none of that was needed. It was like. No. You want to be left wanting more. Exactly. And you're so right about it really being a showcase because it's also not a thing where everybody gets to show how much range they have. Mm-hmm. That's also not the point either. Yeah. It's no, we want to go in a pilot season and go, Oh, I know what that guy can, can cast do. In. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, I cried during the showcase rehearsals. You did during the January. Yeah. Yeah. I came home. I didn't do oh, it in, in yeah. front of people. No, I would never. <laughs> Why was that? Um, I think I just, I, I got to a point when we were dr- drilling drama queen uh-huh. that I just was so exhausted and then I got home and I think my boyfriend wasn't home and I wanted him to be home mm-hmm. so I could, you know, scream about it and yeah. no one was there and there was like a pang of loneliness and I was like, I rose 30,000 feet up and I was like, am I alone in this in this universe? Are we truly never, you know, with, any, you know, I'm like, I yeah. just had this like existential freak out okay. and I just started bawling. Yeah. It was great. And my boyfriend walked in five minutes and I was like, what well, is going on? You're also tooling a very emotional scene retooling a very emotional scene like yeah. it probably and, and then you feel vulnerable because you're like it could get cut any day he, actually i asked steven to cut it a week before it got cut i was wow. like can you just cut this please i won't be sad about it like i'm good like let's yeah. go like i feel like i i'm doing enough funny things and there's and really <laughs> you know what really sh- shocked me was when i saw everyone line up for oprah and I was like, there's a lot of us. There's so many. There's so there's many of so us. You many. don't think that because you're in your everyday rehearsal process, you're in with your scene partners, yeah. and then you're either in your like dressing rooms or like in compartmentalized areas with cast members. Yeah. But once you see all of us on stage, you're like, how did this happen? Doesn't it seem miraculous? Absolutely. No, it, I, I feel like if I were to say how it felt, it felt like there were a dozen of us. Yeah. And then when I actually had to start counting people, I was like, oh my God. Yeah, especially when we try to tag each yeah. other on Instagram. It, yeah, it takes forever. <laughs> it's you're a like, nightmare. <laughs> fuck, and you can only tag up to 20, and you're like, I'm not done. Yeah. It's like head writers, I'm not going to put them in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When's the last time you cried? Oh, I think it was this month. Mm. I'm trying to remember. I think it was uh, during showcase rehearsal. Oh, it was when I couldn't sleep one night. Oh, it's that. Th- I get you, emotional. Like, exhausted? I was exhausted from the week because I'm a little baby and I'm not used to waking up at 7 a.m. Mm. And uh, I was so in my and head. And you had to drive from Santa Monica. There was some day we were at rehearsal and things felt kind of toxic. Like everybody oh. felt a little bit in a bad mood. I remember mood. that day. It was yes. like a horrible run through. Yeah. And, and then Stephen came up and was like, Everything was great. And you know he was like lying. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, we still didn't really know bad. what was in the show. It was like the the couple, it was a day or two before they actually decided. That's right. And people were getting uh, attached to their things and mm. want and, and the amount of stuff they were in. And um, I think I was just exhausted by it. Yeah. Do you think that both the men and the woman, did you feel a little bit of jealousy? Jealousy between men and women? No, no, uh, from them to you, whether it's a woman or a man. To me? Yeah. Um, I felt conscious of being in a lot. Yeah. You know, it was weird because the week before... You had a great showcase. Thank you. I I ended up... It's weird because the show goes and you don't actually feel like you're in that much, but just Mm -hmm. being in five things is a lot Mm -hmm. with 20 people in a a 50-minute show. But here's what. Sure, yes, but five... Out of what twenty four sketches, right. that's not that much. It's not that much. And also, again, the the uh, I'm going to go back to it you and Pichardo. Like yeah. you guys had smaller roles in some scenes, mm-hmm. but you stole those moments. You know what I'm saying? I think yeah. that's why you showcase really well. Thanks. Not the number of features. Sure, you had some like great showcase things, right. but like I think what speaks more is when you're in a smaller role, like when you're the mom and right. the stepmom. That like little moment when you're like with dignity, girls. <laughs> yeah. I love that moment, and you're like really owning because that's your moment, right? And when Tessiana, when she does the like, blah blah blah, Chevy commercial, oh take my two, God. Boom. one of the funniest parts in the whole show, huge laughter, one and it's thing. a tiny part, yep. but she like steps out, yeah, takes it, yeah, kills it, and then gets back, yeah, you know. And I love that like there were those moments for 
those smaller parts. And yes. like, I think that really like topped your showcase for me as someone who's watching on the sidelines being jealous. Like I, yeah. I was like, yeah, I was, I think, uh, I, I was at, at a, it's funny the week before I wasn't sure if I would get two featured sketches in and I didn't feel like I was in that much. Mm. Um, it was before I'd been cast in the stepmother and then I wasn't in Brianna's sketch anymore. So I felt a little Look bit more, now. yeah, okay. like for a week or two, I wasn't in that. So I was felt a little bit more on the sidelines. And then the next week, casting kind of shifted. Mm. And all of a sudden, I became very self-conscious about it because, mm-hmm. of course, I wanted it. You know, yeah, I wanted yeah, yeah. more stage time. We but all how do. could you not be? But a lot of... there's that energy of like, yeah. execs coming in, who, who and yeah. who's showing up, blah, blah. And, and then people start acting like on their crazy levels. Right. You know, and we're all actors. So like, we have a very high capacity you of do. crazy. You know, so like... Right. That was real. But you know, I I I have to um it's not that I that I needed more stage time in order to show that I was good or whatever like everybody, but I do think in a casting way I think I don't necessarily have this is going to sound weird, but I don't know that I have a type. Like I think I've I've gotten in trouble in the past, like in my 20s, all my 20s and my early 30s, it was like what are you like it comedically? Mm. I think commercially I'm cast as like the young mom or whatever like that. But sure. comedically, I don't know. Like, like Brianna to me is someone that is so specific that no one else could be, <clears throat> yeah. you know, I can see her exactly just what make part a she'd, clown. she'd play on like every single show, you know? Right. And just unique. Like for me, I'm like, well, I'm brunette and, you know, quirky, but you know, but I have these characters that I like to play. So for me, I, I, I tried to look at it once I was trying to, Go okay. Well, I'm I'm in a I'm in a couple things more than other people, and mm-hmm. I wanted to start feeling bad for that or saying I don't need to be in this. But then I was like, you know what? I might need this to just say my strength is versatility, you know. Yeah, so let's own it, that it because is. I don't know what that means in a casting world at all. But it's it what means I you do. You can knock out whatever the fuck part they give you. That's what yeah, it means, right? You know. And I think you showed it for sure. Thank you. Yeah, it was lovely to watch you work, and like you're such a like. You're very like calm, collected, like queen energy when it comes to like that green room. Mm. I feel like the green room can get very like crate, like up, and and everyone's like sure. into each other, and people are like counting sketches. Like it it can get rough, but right. I want to uh, commend you because I feel like you know what you said about me before, kind of like all right, I'm just relaxed. I'm just gonna come in and do this shit and go. Like right. I, I love that, and I re- appreciated that about you. Oh, thanks. And I think and maybe some of that has to do with the fact that like you also couldn't bullshit too much because you had to drive all the way back west <laughs> to your gorgeous husband. I mean, talk yeah. about snack. What a snack. What he a was s- always waiting for me. I had to get home. He came to multiple shows. He did. Yeah. It's such a dream boat. Yeah. How did you guys meet? We met at grad school. Oh, he was, he was he at was Harvard. He was in the same program. Oh he's an God, actor. What a, he's an actor. Yep. And I remember okay, that makes him. sense because he has like a sparkle in his he eye. Does, he I does. I know. And yeah. he, But he's also an amazing tutor. And he started a tutoring company out here, and he works oh. with kids. And he's very really oh, cares he's about good education. With kids too. He's amazing oh, with kids. And does he and play he's music? Brilliant, and he plays music, but just oh. for fun. He writes poetry. He writes. He like started a novel just just for fun because this is why we work well together. He's not results oriented, and he's not particularly competitive or ambitious. Uh-huh. So for him, it's more about the process, the creative process being oh, fulfilling. Boy. I think we maybe talked about that yeah, with our. Yeah. Significant Our significant others are very similar. Yes, yeah, they are. Yeah, he's my Eric, my boyfriend. He's very good at a lot of different things, and he just loves doing it. Before I, I was telling uh, her, you were you before you came in. My boyfriend was learning songs, yeah. like an Ed Sheeran song, because I was like, I really like this song that Ed Sheeran sings. He was like, Okay, I'll learn it, and he was like <sighs> learning it on the guitar, and he picked it up within like a minute. It's like amazing. he just, yeah insane like he i love thing. it's so sexy. <laughs> and isn't, isn't it amazing that stuff that we can't do yeah so we like admire it you know sure and it's like because <gasps> if i could do it oh i'd be doing it yeah exactly i, I try <sighs> oh my god who where did you now you guys have been married for how long now five years five years together for 10 <gasps> wow yeah. together for 10 five years so um you clearly have a great thing going mm-hmm. how did you know who taught you how to love uh, my parents have a really wonderful marriage. Mm. They really do. I mean, they're they're codependent. Were they affectionate? Probably, you know, um, yes. My dad is very like ad- adoring of my mother, and my mother is very nurturing and extremely like 
does everything for everyone mm. and they just always take care of each other. And they argued all the time when I was a kid, sure. but I never had that sense of, I was never scared of that, yeah, you know? Yeah. And they just, um, we were a very strong family unit. We had like every meal together, you know, we went to each other's. So it's you, uh, you, your parents, any siblings? Three siblings. Three siblings. Yeah, I'm the youngest of four. Whoa. Okay. Boys and girls? Yeah. One boy, three girls. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And and I think because we moved around and lived in church houses, it mm. also helped keep us all together. And then we shuttled into school um, for the most part where we where we went to school. We never lived in, in the neighborhood that we went to school in. So mm. I think we were each other's best friends yeah. as well. Yeah. And um, I even though I live far from my family, like I was telling you, and I'm not the best aunt, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> We're very, we love each other like very deeply Amazing. and we're very close. So do you still go to church? I don't. Um, do you miss it? Sometimes. I yeah. think about going out here. Honestly, the last couple of years have been so crazy. Yeah. I keep saying I'm going to go. I miss the sense of community and I miss it. the hour of introspection. Yeah. You know? And I don't I think miss I need- the religion mm-hmm. or the the doctrine so so much, but I do miss that spirituality, community. Yeah kind of feeling small mm-hmm. and insignificant because like so much of our day lives are trying to boast that we are significant and we should be put on something right. or, you know, like you should cast me in this. Right. I can do this. And it's a lot of like feigned confidence, but like, it's nice to just let that all go and Absolutely. just be like tiny. In well, and it's church is a cool place to meet people that do all kinds of different things. And yeah. you're out of that world Other and artists. you're like, Oh, I don't, you know, I'm not, this is in an acting workshop, yeah. a casting <laughs> workshop. This is like, yeah. you know, this person's a teacher, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's not an improv class. Yeah. yeah. But I am pretty spiritual. I still pray at night when I remember to. And, um, Very cool. Do I you like, pray to the God that you grew up with? Or do you have a separate kind of understanding of who this prayer is going to? both, kind of. It's yeah. evolved a little bit. And I was really Me lucky because my dad was um, definitely a theologian. And, oh, uh, that's just very cool. really just, uh, we were very, we were very aware of other religions and, um, he, he, he's a bit of a Judeophile. We would sometimes like, oh. uh, kind of How could you not be celebrate. A, yeah. yeah, that's true. You know, that whole thing is based in. Exactly. I think that's yeah. his feeling is that why did we leave the culture or whatever? Right. You know, J- Jesus was oh, a Jew and cool. stuff. And. Anyway, we, we grew up sometimes like half fast celebrating Jewish holidays and things. And, oh. but also just, I think he believes that all faith is kind of the same thing as long as you believe in each yeah. other. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So he, we, I grew up kind of arguing, um, bring, or just feeling very free to question religion That's with so my cool. dad, which was really cool. Uh, and then if there were weeks where I didn't want to go to church, they didn't make me. Um, and so now I miss the, the God that I grew up with, but mm-hmm. I still think that I pray to the same God. Mm-hmm. But I also think in my mind, I'm like, well, God is maybe a feeling or it's sure. An it's, energy or... Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, like Philotes, which is in like uh, Orson Scott Card books. You know, like it's this energy that connects us across the universe that... Yeah. Um, did he do Ender's Game? He did, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, like the Force. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But also it's this all-seeing eye that knows how I'm feeling before I acknowledge that I'm feeling it. Yeah, yeah, like the CBS under his eye. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But it's funny, at nighttime I still do my childhood prayer, which is everyone in my family and I list all of our pets. (laughs) And it's... (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) I can still do it. It's um, uh, our Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Mom, Dad, Sam, Susanna, Sarah, Joy, Sheila, Ayel, Fred, Baby, Jimmy, Molly, Sparky, Junior, Ginger, Winnie, Annie, Lucy, Jake, JJ, Tessie, Pepper, Meeper, Vig, Katie, Rachel, Isabella, Jacob, Benjamin, my nieces and nephews next, uh, Melody, Sophia, Stella, William, Reed, Adelaide, Nate, John, Carla, who are my in-laws, Annie, <laughs> my abuelita, my mama, may she rest in peace, my husband, Josh, our beautiful, healthy children to be, all of our family, all of our friends, all of their family and all of their friends, give us your blessings, O oh Lord, guide us and protect us in all that we do, in your holy name I pray, amen. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing, that's very impressive. I have to add, I have a lot to update to that. I feel like all our family and friends kind of encapsulates everyone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's very nice. You put that at the end. I think I got exhausted at a certain point. (laughs) I was like, that's enough. But that's really impressive. That sounds like almost a reading of a chapter of Genesis, (laughs) you know, with all those names. (laughs) 
<laughs> who we got? Who we got? Who we yeah. got? Who we got? <laughs> Sparky Junior <Yeah. laughs> Meeper Pie. <laughs> yeah. Wow. When you were in church, because uh, you have a beautiful voice. Thank you. I feel like you, you didn't get. Thank you. You and I. I feel like didn't get to sing as much as we could have, which I would have loved. But did you grow up singing in I church? Did. Singing was my first love. It's it's how I found acting. <gasps> really, I would sing all the time when I was a kid. And I would sing in the choir and my dad jokes that you would see my nose up above the pew because I'd be <laughs> trying to like sing up, you know. Uh, and then I saw the movie Annie when I was like five. Yeah. And I really think Carol Burnett in that movie is the reason why I wanted to be an actress as Miss Hannigan. It was it blew my mind. And then I just the community theater put, like was putting up Annie that summer. And so I auditioned and I never stopped doing theater after that. Wow. Um. But I auditioned because I just wanted to sing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I wanted to be the praise team leader when I was still like in the church, like, yeah, you know, severely still in the closet and everything. <laughs> like I was like, I just want to be up there. And I didn't care about like this. I mean, the songs are lovely and it's nice. It's melodic. It's church yeah. music's great. But um, and I went to one of those like rock and roll church oh, bands, cool. like with like a 10 piece band and shit. Like, yeah. My and- church was like just an organ and. Oh, yeah, old school humble. <laughs> yeah, you could find some great harmonies there. <laughs> and we did, yeah. and we did. <laughs> but I, that was my first, like, entree into, like, oh, I want to be an artist. I want to do that. Well, church and I was is like, very similar to theater. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, all the drama, all the politics, mm-hmm. it's all the same. <laughs> When's the last time you were inspired by another artist? Uh, I mean, all last week. In showcase for sure. Um, you know, I saw "Call Me by Your Name" recently. I haven't seen that. Uh it's it's beautiful, and and I always judge a movie if I really thought a movie was good by if I can forget that I'm watching a movie. Because mm. sometimes I can see the pieces and go, okay, well, I see how this yeah, works. End of Act Two, yeah, yeah. yeah but mm-hmm. I really loved the the lead actor in it. I I really believed he was a real kid living mm. in Italy in the eighties. And, um, it inspired me cause I was like, I'm sure he did all the, the work and everything, but at the end of the day, he was just living on camera, you know? Mm. And that's what I try to remember to do because I come from a very polished trained background Yeah, yeah. and it reminds me to go, okay, just breathe, just listen, you mm-hmm. know? And, and, um, I thought he was really great. Cool. I have to say now I'm really like excited to see that. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's uh, simple. It's really simple. That's what I great. hear. Yeah. And Joe Conti was telling me how he really liked that it wasn't about a gay movie. Mm-hmm. It was about two people falling in love. Oh, I related to it so much. Yeah. Like anybody that's dealing with who they are and, and liking someone on a hot summer night, oh, you know, yeah. especially if you're on a trip. Like, yeah, yeah. It's that, so related. That just reminded me of like how balmy and like those Chicago nights feel like yes. a hug. Oh, I miss that. Like summer Chicago. Oh my God. You There's lived in Chicago, like right? It. Five years. Yeah, Great city. I loved it. I, I loved, I loved slash hated it. Mm-hmm. I loved it for what it was, which was this like kind of brutal city with like immense beauty. Mm-hmm. So it was like very dichotomous, but um, I hated that. Like it felt very, almost like uh, like left in a time capsule. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. coming growing up in New York and living in San Francisco uh-huh. and then going to Chicago after those two cities felt like a step backwards. Like there was like a, 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 a almost like a citywide like acceptance of like, yeah, we are all corrupt. Yeah, we're, 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 we're we love that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was this like, kind of angst of like yeah we're blue collar and we're corrupt and who cares like we're totally. broad shouldered and it was just like oh man like and there all the segregation really made me like oh, uncomfortable it's so segregated like, yeah i lived in in an area where i never saw anyone but white people for so long that it really started like grating on me i was like holy shit how is this a city it's it's insane i i grew up in chicago and my mom is from atlanta and we would go there every summer to visit my grandparents and Atlanta is so much more diverse mm-hmm. and uh, inclusive yeah. in my mind. I mean, the rest of the state can't speak for, but the city itself, the city. It, than Chicago ever was. For and me. let me just caveat and say that I, I lived in North 
side Chicago. Sure. Which is what I was very upset about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the South Side is pretty segregated too. Um, but True. I grew up in usually like my, the neighborhoods I lived in. East Chicago was actually pretty diverse. I think um, my neighbors were black, Mexican, Puerto Rican, and Polish for mm. the most part, Polish American. Mm. Um, and that was pretty much true. There was one neighborhood I lived on the South Side that was mostly like Mexican and Polish. Mm. And um, there, you know, there weren't many black people around. And then it's just, it's different. Every, every neighborhood's different, but it feels segregated and it, it feels like people are scared of each other. Yeah. Like stick to your side kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. It is. Yeah, yeah. That's why the conversation never progresses. Because it's like, oh, well, I live here and everything's fine here. And I live here and everything's fine here. Right. So it's never like a unified kind of thing. Yeah, well, it's yeah. also, it's kind of like Los Angeles in that way. If it weren't for yeah. the industry bringing people from all over in to live in the same places, I think it would be a lot more like Chicago. Absolutely. I mean, I live in Santa Monica, which is so yuppie yeah. and so white. Uh-huh. Um, but it's still diverse in that. It's more of a class thing, I guess. It's, I mean, I think that's true for everything, right? Like class mm. just trumps yeah. everything totally. <laughs> at the end of the day, right? It's yeah. either you got money or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you would like, if you could develop a project, a dream project, what would it be? You know, I was just thinking about this. Really? Yeah. I was having fun trying to fall asleep last weekend mm. and I was so excited and I was like, okay, let's say CBS calls tomorrow mm. and says, we want to make your show. Or whoever, right? Uh-huh. Um, I would want to make my own variety show like Carol Burnett oh, with a yeah. true rep company. Um, meaning I would it would be like maybe six to eight really solid, amazing actors. Mm-hmm. And we would do a new show every week. But it wouldn't be like SNL. There'd be no cue cards. We'd do it like Carol Burnett did where you fully memorize and rehearse sketches. And mm, sometimes the sketches took... it all out. Uh-huh. Yes. And sometimes sketches took weeks to get to the place where they were ready to be produced. Like it's, it wouldn't be a weekly thing. Oh. Things could be worked on throughout, you know? Cool. Um, because as soon as Tuesday rolls around, you're just in rehearsal. You're mm. not changing the script completely, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I was thinking about it because you were on my list. I was like, I would put Peter Kim <gasps> in my cast. I would be thrilled. in a heartbeat. Are in you my kidding dream, me? Yes, in my Dreamcast, we have our own show. I need Peter Kim. In a thousand it. times, yes, I'm there. Because I've never met anybody like you. Wow. As well. as a comedian and a person, and just truly being funny, like I just think you'd be invaluable. Thank you. I'm there. So you have a job. <laughs> yes. Okay, CBS, you listening? <laughs> I know Dory Potter's listening because he listens to all of these. <laughs> ah, Dory. That's very We're cool. Ready. Yeah, that's actually I'm not surprised that it, you would want to do something like on soundstage, live audience. Uh-huh. Yeah, multicam, play different characters. Yeah. Sometimes Switch. sing. Oh, yeah. Wear a lot of wigs. Oh my God, choreography, mm-hmm. things coming from the sea. Yeah, old school. Old yeah. school. And Again, it, Jay Pichardo and I talk about this too. Like we love, we would love to do a multicam. Yeah. Yeah, and because I need that live audience. Yes. I that That's the thing that drives me is that connection with them. Yeah, and the rehearsal you know? is, the rehearsal period from what I know about it is very similar to theater. Like you work on an episode for a full week, you stage it on a stage, uh-huh. you know, you, you, do run-throughs, you know, you have the script in your hands and then you get to the run-throughs where you're not holding it anymore. And yeah. it feels, it's so similar to what we love. Yeah. And, what, and you met Carol Barnett, didn't you? I did. I met I her in I saw that December. on your Instagram. I was, just, I was just a monitor at the live show that she did at the Dolby Theater uh-huh. where I stood in the audience and I held a microphone with 12 other people around and just brought it to people who had questions. Oh. And she was so sweet and so good with the audience. And then afterwards... There's this big bouquet of flowers that was on stage with her. And afterwards, she made sure every every single one of the monitors got a rose. Oh, my. And told what us a all. She act. came off stage and she was like, you guys were so good. Oh. Hey, you, you, were just right, you were just right there with the microphones with people right in the place I needed them. And it was, it was the easiest job I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. And she was, you know, building us up. Oh. And just she just was this sweet amazing star and met your hero met my hero and one of the reasons she's my hero is because every time i've seen an interview with her i would sometimes go back and watch interviews of her when i'd get bummed out about the industry or Mm. trying to be a comedian or whatever and uh she's just a really uh genuine person Mm -hmm. and she's not on she's not one of those people like who are amazing like let's say tiffany haddish who's just like every 30 seconds says something that's the most hilarious thing yes. I've ever heard, which uh-huh. is a, another kind of comedian you can be. But she has just always been this really down to earth, 
kind person. And it would just reassure me like, oh, you can just really be yourself and let the work speak for itself. Yeah. And when you get on stage and you wear a character, you're funny. But otherwise, you can also just you can live. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to be someone you're not. How refreshing. What not that a, I feel like that's a lesson I keep learning. Yeah. Over and over again. It's like, bitch, just trust yourself. You Truly. good. You're good at this. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and trust that like whatever you're doing is good enough. Mm -hmm. It's, you know. Yeah. Ugh. That's a lesson I have to like constantly learn. But again, if you're listening to this, here's a free lesson <laughs> <laughs> for you this week. <laughs> now, that 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 sounds amazing and the fact that like you want to kind of like recreate something of that spirit is very cool. What do you do when Hollywood says, okay, your time's up, hashtag time's up. Sure. Not in that way, but like you've done great. Give you a lifetime achievement award. You're great, but you still got 40 years left. What do you do? Like what kind of project? Yeah. What do you do with your life? I think I would just want to write. Mm. And. What do you want to write? I think I'd want to write movies. Okay. Like really character driven, small, maybe independent mm. kind of movies okay. or action movies. I don't know. Oh, wow. I, I think those I, you know, would be so I love fun. action movies. I didn't know. That. I know it doesn't. It seems like incongruous, but I love turning my brain off and high octane, yeah. huge, like intense scoring. Yes. Like, I love like being bombarded. Yeah, with, like, me too. Yeah. Do you want to be in them? Um, Maybe as like a little like side character role, like yeah. just like a funny thing, funny guy. But like, I wouldn't want to do any of my own stunts. Sure. I don't want to be like around smoke or like, you know <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I like the fantasy of that. Yeah. I don't want to feel like my life's in danger. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I don't, like there's some actors that are like, like Tom Cruise, like, I want to do everything and like hang from a cliff. I'm like, no way. I would never, I could not and do not wish to at all. Yeah, but I love that's watching fair. Them. I, I love do love watching thrill. them too. You want to be in them? Yeah, or like be a superhero or do something Ooh. that's like not comedy and just be like Do you remember how many times serious. you played Wonder Woman? Yeah. <laughs> I wore that costume one day and then I was like, can you wear your Wonder Woman costume tomorrow? I know, uh, for like three weeks you were Wonder Woman every sketch. I mean, I You look amazing in it because you have that same like gal, gal what's her Stop. name, Gal Gadot? Gal Gadot. Yeah, like big eyes, brown hair, you know, like statuesque, sure. you know, like you guys have a very similar look. Yeah, so I mean, you could have played it, but. Thank you. Are you glad that you, you, didn't, you didn't? I am. I think I just yeah. wanted to picture that to make it feel like that costume was worth it. Worth buying. doing it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Um, I it's, I played Lara Croft, which is oh, fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that was right. fun. There's a new you one. You did a lot of Kim, Kim Jong-un. Kim, oh. Yeah. Kim yeah. Jong-un. They, I saw, I remember before Rick was fired, he came up to me at the snack time. He was like, and he slapped me on my back, like not hard, but like, he just like, yeah. And he was like, we got to find you something for Kim Jong-un. And I was like, um, we don't need to, like, <laughs> I could do other stuff. And then when um, the new director, Stephen and Grace, came in and I was doing Kim Jong-un and I was just like tanking it. I was like blowing it, obviously, because I was just like, I hate this. <laughs> and because like you, like you didn't see my audition because you came later, but right. I came later, like one week later. Oh, okay. So everyone did their audition and I didn't know I was supposed to do an audition and I didn't do one this year. And I, same thing I did last year. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, right. So and then it didn't work out. And then like I came back this year. Right. So... Um, they were like, oh, go up and do your, Kenan was like, you're going to do your audition. I was like, what? What audition? I have nothing. So I just like kind of started going into my stand-up and I, in my stand-up, I do a couple of characters. So I just started like, and one of the characters is Kim Jong-un coming out of the closet. Cause like, that's the bit is that like, if he came out of the closet, then everyone have to come out of the closet. And it's him like making everyone say that. That's gay. hilarious. And they took that and they were like, let's run with it. So sure. Grace and <laughs> Steven came in, they were like, do you enjoy doing this? And I was like, no. And they're like, okay, then you never have to do it again. Ugh, and I, I really, them. I felt so, such a relief. And I was like, you see me, you finally, mm -hmm. like you, they looked at me like they want to be looked at like actors, you yeah. know, like people, performers, not like, oh, you're an avatar for this character for, you know, and just go out there and sell this thing. Like, right. you know, like, and it felt more personal this year. And that shift was real. It and, really, and I truly, really want to say kudos to them. Absolutely, and yeah. I'm just so glad we did it this year. Mm -hmm. And everything that happened, right? I it was the right time. Cannot, it's they were amazing too, Stephen mm -hmm. and Grace. Stephen came up to me like a week or two in from him being there, and was like, "I just want you to know, um, 
I know I've we generally said don't play things that you wouldn't be cast in. Mm. But he's like, that's not always true in general for everyone. He was like, and for you, I think that like you're really strong when you play crazy old ladies. So <laughs> just go crazy. Go for it, yeah. And I was I appreciated that so much because I I felt seen. Yeah. For not being playing me. You yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> playing the opposite. And like yeah. it, it made me go, phew. Cause you know, so I auditioned for the showcase three years in a row. The first year I got a call back. Didn't really, I don't think I got any feedback, but it was my first year auditioning. I was just happy to get a call back and mm. I knew that it would take a t- some time to get in. Yeah. Second year, I was told, my manager was told at the time um, that I wasn't ethnic enough, which I wasn't totally surprised by. You uh-huh, know, uh-huh. I, I felt weird auditioning for a diversity showcase as somebody that um, gets around in society as a white woman. Yeah, like you know? passes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I am half white. So, um, but at the same time, it was like, yeah, but I'm funny and I might have a point of view on my experience sure. culturally and growing up with my dad and, and both my parents that you haven't seen before, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was also like, this is such an institution. Can't argue with that. The third year last year I got in, mm. couldn't do it. And mm. I dropped it because I was in Sunday company at the time and I didn't know how I was going to do both. Ah, uh, yes, yes. And um, this year I came in uh, very... You know, Rick and Fern were still there, and I knew it was still was what it always was, the show. And I and I was like, you know, I don't know if they remember telling my agent that I wasn't ethnic enough at one point. Yeah. But um, it made me nervous going into this because I felt like a poser. I felt like... Really? Oh, yeah, or I just huh. felt a little bit like... And everyone was so nice. God, no one ever made me feel like that, but that's me in my own head being sure. like, I have to prove myself. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm not, you know... Uh, taking a spot of somebody else that might be more deserving or whatever. Sure. Yeah. So I felt a lot of pressure in that way uh. to represent myself in the best way I could. Mm-hmm. And so it felt really good. You know, that day when Steven was like, just do you. Cause yeah. that's enough. <sighs> you know, that's all we want to hear. Yeah. Right. Ugh, yeah. And I do think like, um, like my character, like Adriana Santiago, the, in the, uh, the lovable character. Love that. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> She's crazy, but in my yeah. mind, she's Latina. She's from the south side of Chicago. Mm-hmm. She is my story, my childhood growing up, girls like that, which yeah. is basically my sister. And, you know, to me, I'm like, yeah, like that's that's what you get when you when you take people that, you know, might surprise you or not be a I loved when you brought that scene in, in the basement. I was so happy. I was like, this, like that scene and Frank's... Um, dinner special yeah. scene when because th- those two kind of came in later mm-hmm. in the process and i was like we're working <laughs> but it was perfect timing i think because he wasn't going to bring it in he was like ah, i did this like four years ago and is it even funny anymore blah blah and he wow. brought it in and we were like what are you talking are you about yeah this is so good it's so good and and it just goes to show like if you have something that it works yeah. you should try to get as many people to see it as you can yeah absolutely yeah yeah Oh, we're at our last question. Okay. Yeah. I know. It's so sad. We've been having a great one. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. If you had the choice, how would you ideally like to die? Uh, I'm sure it's cliche, but I would say at 105 years old. Mm -hmm. um, It's not cliche, actually, because... I asked this same question to everyone and almost every answer has been different. Wow. Yeah. You would think people are like, I don't want to die. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, everyone had like a different, very specific, different answer. I, yeah, I'd say old lady Mm. with great grandchildren. You need to be an old lady. I got it. I got to see what that ends up being like. That's what I always talk about too. I'm like, I know like some people are like, I want to go out in my peak, but I want to be so old and cranky and the rudest bitch. Yeah. I I can't wait to be in my fifties. I think I'm going to nail my (laughs) fifties and then I think I'm going to like, I'll have a lull and then I'm going to nail my super old lady face. (laughs) Yeah. 85 up. Yeah. 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 You're going to be an amazing 85 year old. You're oh. not going to give a shit. You're just going to be... I, I, I want to like, I'll fuck with people, just yeah. fuck with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like, you know you can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, give people like old, like very wisdom, you yeah. know, a lot of advice that wasn't asked for. <laughs> and then disappear You'd be a, a fun old dust. lady for sure. Yeah, you'd yeah. be a real fun old guy. I think so, yeah. <laughs> we'll do a podcast. There you go, yeah. We'll meet back in 50 yes. years. Yeah. 
um yeah old lady surrounded by friends and family mm. and uh you know if i have any friends still around yeah hopefully you'll be what's around. that like geography like what does it look like mm. it's weird my so my abuelita is still alive she's 102 whoa really she, yes okay so it's in the genes there it's you in go the genes her, uh-huh. her mom lived to be 107 we think wow and she lives in the house that she's lived in for the last 70 years that my grandfather built in southern chile in the mountains whoa and and she's she had 12 children of her own so she's constantly surrounded by family and taking care of them i think that's partly why she's lived so long because she's had to keep being of use and purpose and that's what they say like once you stop being useful or like you know uh, of thought about or like you know yeah. Yeah, cared for. Well, she just she just lost her vision completely in the last year, so I'm a little worried that oh, right. but yeah, you know, she's also lived such a long life. I, I think she's like whenever God takes me is cool. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to be like that. I want to be like, you know what? I'm good yeah, whenever, yeah. you know. Anytime. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. want to see what I just want to see what happens in this world. Yeah. I just don't want to miss it. Sounds like you have well, are you are you excited about what's about to come? Yes and no. Yeah. Like I'm pessimistic about, I don't know if I'm going to want to be alive when we all start eating each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, <laughs> when the zombie apocalypse yeah. comes. Well, yeah. when we just run out of resources and... <laughs> Water being first. Yeah. yeah. It's Especially terrifying. Especially in LA. Yeah. Uh, what are yeah. we doing here? <laughs> Let's all go to Chile. Yeah. The mountains. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've never been. Is Southern... it the An- An- Andean? Yeah. Andean? Yep. Mountains? The yeah, Andes yeah. separates Argentina and Chile. Oh, that's And so it, my yeah. family, my dad's side of the family is all in the town that's almost to Argentina, like Western, wow. Southern Chile, that but just north incredible. of the Patagonia. So it's oh, kind of like, gotcha. it, it reminds me of like Oregon and Lush. Washington. Lush. Oh. It's called the Araucanian region, which is the kind of tree that grows there. And it's like rainforesty, wow. but really interesting. I bet the air is so delicious. It really is. Oh, man, my soul lives in the mountains. Mine too. Yeah. Really? Yes. Have you I thought am, that really? Yes. <gasps> I think that all the time. Me too. I am meant to live in the mountains. Yeah. When I go home and visit my family in Chile, I'm like, that's what it is. Whenever I'm around, into- I'm surrounded by a mountain range. I'm like, oh, I'm yes. home. Yeah, I'm not too. an ocean person. No. My husband is, mm-hmm. but I like to think we're like land and sea and that's where we meet. Yeah. Uh, but I don't need to live by, I need to be in mountains. I need to be in mountains too. That's where I feel the most me yeah. and safe and happy. And I've always known that like my soul should rest in the mountains yeah i'll see you there i'll this see you is, there sis our old age 105 is be great. <laughs> yeah so is that where We're you would go in mountains? the mountains yeah i don't know which part but like i love the mountains the fact that you mentioned portland is very interesting because me and my boyfriend went to mount hood for our two-year anniversary yeah we spent three days and he's an eagle scout oh. so he did all the dry food packing he got all the gear and he's just like it was insane like so hot <laughs> i know <laughs> I, know. I love it so we spent like three days in the mountains just us two we didn't see another soul for like 78 hours wow it was cr- it was amazing it was ugh, the the most like invigorated i felt i want to be in my like 40s and 50s uh-huh. i want to have you know made enough money in the next five years eight ten years mm-hmm. to like live off of that yeah. and just pick and choose whatever projects i want to do like yeah. i feel want to be like diane lane you know like very cool oh and, yes um but i want to have a long braid I want to wear like no makeup. What do you? And I want to be driving flowy? a pickup truck. Oh, you know? okay, yeah, yeah. Not flowy like old jeans and boots. I just I want to have like a a horse. I want to, <laughs> you know. I could see that. That's you. Have yeah. a little ranch or whatever, I and love just that. maybe Montana. Yeah, that would Big be cool. Sky. Mm-hmm. Montana would be cool. Yeah. Wow. Well, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it, and I see I see you in that picture for sure. Thank you. That's awesome. Well, thank you for doing this. Did you have fun? I really did. Yeah. I got to know you very well. I love doing these because I get to know people in such a like intimate way yeah. that we would never do in like a group setting or something like that. So I appreciate it. Thank you for coming. Oh, thank you for having and me. And I'm so excited for what happens next. I know. Showcase is done. <laughs> yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I know. I, really feel... I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I, I feel good things. Me too. There's a positive, momentous energy happening. And a lot of that is thanks to the just the vibe we had yeah. this whole time. Absolutely. It was very positive. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. I mean, I miss being white. It's like making love to a dolphin. Then I lick it on my sandwiches for flavor. I'm looking for my dinner.